Thank you for joining Cornerstone Worship Center's Building a Better Life. For more information about our church and additional resources, please check us out on the web at cwc5.com. Now let's join Pastor Eric Holler for part three of Healing, It's God's Will for You. And just to, just to reiterate another announcement that we had concerning our move, that next Sunday will be our last Sunday here in this school, and we'll be at Scott Johnson Middle School. It's right next to McKinney North on Community, all right? Just take the Wilmoth exit, go west, and turn right on Community, and you'll see Scott Johnson Middle School starting February the 1st. And at that service, we're going to really end, or put an exclamation point on the series that we've been doing on healing, and we're going to have a communion and healing service that Sunday. So praise God. I want you to come expecting that Sunday. We'll pray for you anytime before that, but we're going to do a special concentration on that uh, that Sunday. We're expecting miracles. We're expecting God's Word to work mightily. We're going to preach the Word. We've been preaching the Word, and we're going to expect great demonstration on that Sunday. Will you believe that with us? That Sunday? And bring your sick friends. Bring your sick relatives. Bring them. Amen. Nothing's too big for God. Jesus healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Amen. So if you would, please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 53 as we jump into today's message. And I also want to say a happy birthday to two people in this room. One had her birthday on Friday. She turned 40, and that's Miss Barbara Robertson here with us. They're here. Didn't you enjoy Rod's drumming today? Wasn't that good? They're here, uh, our extended family over in Missouri, uh, where we, what we call Egypt for now. And uh, they're coming back to the promised land, rich in all kinds of ways. Amen. Praise God. And also, we want to say happy birthday to Miss Olga, who um, is the one who sets up all the chairs, the one who does all the services for our, our church and, and, and does all kinds of great things like that. So happy birthday to you. And also, I guess I'm just going to keep on, people are pointing to other people. So Charles Stahl, I want to say happy birthday to you as well, sir. Glad to have you with us as his grandkids call him Papa C. And uh, also, I guess Michael Salinas, is that your birthday too? Who else's birthday is right around? Amen. God bless you. Happy birthday, all of you. All right, let's move forward now. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Great. I don't have time to stand here and tell everybody happy birthday. We got... Word to preach. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. All right. <laughs> Lighten up a little bit. All right. Now, I've taken time, and Pastor John and I both have taken time over the past few weeks covering this subject with thorough Scripture, teaching you and proving from a whole lot of Scripture, that, especially through the Gospels, that God is not the author of sickness and disease that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by who? The devil. For God was with him. Amen. So we understand that sickness and disease and pain and all those kinds of things have come into the world by influence of the devil himself. And it, was, and it, and it came to earth because a man named Adam disobeyed God. And the Bible teaches us in Romans 5 that death came to all of us as a result of that one. So y'all, are we all right? Who knows? That one man's disobedience. But 
Thank God it didn't leave us in that place. Through, then a, the, the last Adam came and through his one act of righteousness, through his one act of obedience, we've all been made righteous. And much more, those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. But through Adam's sin. And so with him came death, and all of death's ugly cousins came. Sickness and disease and lack and guilt and shame. Praise God. But that's not for you. It is your heavenly Father's desire for you to be well. It's His desire for you to live in health. It's His desire for you to be prosperous. Amen. We've been asking this question, is healing for all? And I believe that we've proven without a doubt through reading all of this Scripture and seeing the life of the Lord Jesus Christ who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, that He healed every manner of sickness, every manner of disease, left no one undone. Amen? And that God didn't get the glory in the sickness. He got the glory in the healing. The glory didn't come till the healing. Amen? Praise God. So it's in the Word of God, and every person who came to Him was healed. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely He has borne. Why don't we all say that real loud? Surely He has borne. He has borne our sickness. He has carried our pains. He did it. And the bottom part of verse 5 says, And by His stripes... We are by, work, by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the effort that He made on our behalf specifically for our healing means that you don't have to carry it today. You don't have to, to bear up under that sickness. You don't have to receive it for your life. It's been paid for by His broken body. And by His stripes you are healed. See, when you get to heaven someday and you look upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to see those nail scars in his wrist. You're going to see those nail scars in his feet. You're going to see those scars upon his forehead from that crown of thorns being crushed down upon his head. You're going to know that the scars are still there upon his back. He still bears the marks of this redemption, of your redemption, and, and, and covered all of it from sickness to sin to poverty, all of it paid for in blood. Amen. And it's going to be an eternal reminder for us always. And today, I want to show you 10 avenues or 10 ways in which God has healing for you. So I want you to take notes, okay? This will help you. Take notes. 10 ways, 10 avenues that God has provided for you to receive your healing today. Amen. The first one, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I'm going to quote James chapter 1 as you're turning there. Verse 17, which says, uh, Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means he's not going to change, bless you, he's not going to change his mind. Are you hearing me? He's not going to change his thought on this. He's not going to change who he is concerning healing. He's not going to change who he is concerning his goodness, his good gifts and his perfect gifts. He's not going to change on that. That's going to keep coming from your heavenly Father, whether you do something about it or not. He's not going to change who he is just because you change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is good, and all the time, God is good. David said it like this, Lord, you are good, and you do good. <laughs> Amen? You are good, and you do good. So one of these good gifts that has come to us by the Lord is medicine. Medicine. It's an avenue. It's a way that God has provided for us. The number one way we're going to talk about today, now this in no way is a list of priorities, all right, that medicine's first, but it is one of the ten ways that God has provided for us to receive our healing, all right? Medicine. Medicine. God has given us the knowledge. He's given us the know-how, how to, how to 
gleaned from this earth to make us better. Through whatever, through whatever various kinds of medications there are. Now, I'm not going to say every medication is good because I just don't believe it is. I mean, you, you watch TV, just turn on a TV commercial and tell you how to get over your heartburn, but in the process, you might die. You might, you know, you might, you might lose a leg. You might, you know, all these symptoms, might, these side effects. Hey, 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 it's better off to stick with a heartburn, you know. I'm healthier that way and, and, and with some of this medication that's out there. So I'm saying that use wisdom and understand that God has provided, though, a way. And here we're going to see in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, an interesting portion of Scripture. And Paul is talking to his son in the faith, Pastor Timothy, and he says, No longer drink only water. Now, I'm reading from the King James, New King James Version. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Now, it, it could be that, that Timothy had um, some kind of continuing ailment in his stomach or had some kind of sickness that he was continually dealing with. We don't know for sure if that's what it's saying, but... I mean, or it could just be talking about overall sicknesses that come and go, like a you know stomach bug or a flu, all those kinds of things. And back then, it was more frequent than it is now because we've learned to fight it a lot better today through through um, understanding and through education and, and through newer kinds of medication. But but all those kinds of things. And Paul tells Timothy just a practical thing right here. He says, "Take a little wine for your stomach." Now it's interesting to me that the apostle Paul, who laid hands on many people and saw them recover, come on raised a kid from the dead who fell asleep while he was preaching too long. Fell asleep, fell out of a window and died. And Paul went over and raised him from the dead. Get back up while I ain't finished. I mean, they, uh, we'll talk about this in just a moment, but they, but they said they brought handkerchiefs and, 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 handkerchiefs and aprons and they laid them on Paul's body and then they would take them away and, and take them to sick people and they were, they, were, they were healed. I mean, incredible miracles. But here he is telling his numero uno guy, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important man to Paul's ministry, his son Timothy, who pastored in Ephesus something like fifty to 60,000 people in that church, historians tell us. He needs this guy well. He needs a, I mean, you would think that maybe he would have anointed the parchment after he wrote on it and sent it that way and said, just touch your hand on this, Timothy, and you'll be completely whole. But, but he didn't. He said, use a little wine, because Paul believed that the wine was the answer. It was a way, it was an avenue that God had provided for that sickness. Are you hearing me today? God's not afraid of medication. He's not afraid of it. He uses it. Amen. And he's not, he's not afraid for you to pray and take that Benadryl, whatever you got to do. It's that he wants you well. Just get well today. Amen. God's made the way. God's provided the way. Well, you don't get too quiet on me now. We're just looking here at the Scripture, see what it says. Don't be afraid of it. Praise God. Mark chapter 16. We're, that's number one, medicine. Number two, we're going to see avenue that God has provided, and that is through the laying on of hands. Mark chapter 16 says, These signs shall follow those who believe. This is verse 17, I believe. In my name, that is in the name of the Lord Jesus, they'll cast out devils, they'll speak in new tongues, uh, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by, it by no means hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall lay hands. So a sign that follows a believer is... Laying hands on them and seeing them recover. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. A few years ago, I had a lady call me who, uh, who had been sitting in our church for some time. She had come out of a church that didn't preach on healing, didn't preach um, that you could actually take the Word of God and apply it to your life and see it you know, real and you know, see the Word of God actually working in your life today. But she was really excited about that, uh, about the, uh, this, this type of teaching that 
Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly, that healing is yours. And so she was so excited about it. And during that time, uh, she was pregnant. And, uh, and she'd been believing for a good birth, everything just to go well, everything just to go. She'd come out of a background of fear and things like that, and she just refused to let that stuff get on her, you know, refused to look forward to evil things happening to her. That's what she was used to. You know, but, but, but she got the word of God and she just began to use her faith and she showed up at the doctor and when it was time to give birth her water had broken and, and they told her that the, the baby was turned in such a way that they were going to have to do C-section on it. And she had been believing God for a good natural birth and, and she said, no. And they said, it's, it's going to become more critical. If this baby doesn't move right, we're going to have to do C-section. So she calls me on the phone. She said, Pastor Eric, I need you to come lay hands on me. They're telling me this. No pressure there, huh? There, I expect you to, to, to start practicing what you preach, Pastor Eric. So <laughs> I showed up at the hospital, and uh, she's laying there, her tummy way up here like this, you know. And so I said, okay. So I just put my hands on her tummy. And as I'm praying over her, I just felt this sensation. It was, I mean, just so wonderful. And, and I just saw, I saw the baby move. I just saw it in my, in my mind. I just saw it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for it. Two minutes later, the nurse comes in. She checks her. She says, the baby's ready. Let's go. She went and had the baby just like she wanted to. Just by the laying on. Recover. Is my microphone still on? Amen. But you got to make sure that if you, if you get somebody to lay hands on you, that they, that they actually believe it. Uh, you don't want just anybody laying hands on you, praying over you. Someone's got to actually believe that you're going to get will and make sure that they do it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Are you with me today? Hallelujah. I mean, because if I'm sick, I don't want someone praying over me, Oh, Lord, I don't know if it's your will for Eric to be healed. No, get away from me. Get out of my house. I tell you what, let me, let me, let me find one of those kids over in, kids, in, in our kids' church that Miss Jessica's teaching them how to, how to walk by the Word. They're teaching them that it is God's will to heal. Give me an 8-year-old any day over some 40-year-old unbelieving nut. Amen. Praise God. Somebody that believes the Bible. Y'all with me? The laying on of hands. Number three, Mark chapter 11. You knew we'd probably get to this chapter sometime during this. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Everybody say, speak to the mountain. This is the number three way or avenue God has provided for us, speaking to our situation. A mountain is just simply that anything standing between you and the fulfillment of God's promise in your life, whatever it is. So speak to that sickness. You speak to that disease. Jesus said, uh, uh, have faith in God. And then verse 23 says, for whoever, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wide open invitation. I'm looking at a whole room full of whoever's in here today. Whoever. Not just, the, not just the big daddies, not just Peter, James, and John, not just, not just the disciples, huh? not just the TV evangelists, no, whoever, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Did you hear me? He'll have whatever he says. Speak to the mountain, speak to that sickness, speak to that disease, and tell it, get out of my life. You don't have a right to be here. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my... By his stripes I'm healed. He bore it. He bore my sickness. He carried my pain. I, you don't have a right here. Get out. Speak to it. 
speak to it. Pastor John and Ann, were, when they were pastoring out in West Texas, they had a, a family call them, and it was a, a dire situation. They were young Christians, just been in the church for a little bit of time, and she had got a bad report from the doctor about her pregnancy, and they said that the baby was, was too small. The, it wasn't, the measurements weren't working out right on the sonogram. They said the baby's going to be retarded, or maybe even, maybe even born dead. There's going to be something wrong anyway. And uh, so they, Pastor John went over to the house to, to pray over him, to minister to him, and as he walked up on the porch, the, this scripture dumped right into his heart. And he, and, he, and he walked in the house, and he shared that scripture. I mean, she was, he walked in, she's crying, she's distraught. I mean, and so he just begins to teach her the word and put this scripture on the inside of her. And when she got it, she said, that's it. That's it. She began to wipe the tears away from her eyes, and they spoke to that mountain and told it to leave. And, and, and they had a healthy baby boy who's about 19 years old. I don't know how old T.C. Fiesel is today, but he's completely whole, completely right. Amen? And, and, and at that time, the, the, the man of the house, Mr. Fiesel, he, he had a mountain, uh, he had a, a, a excavation company called Silver Bullet. So you can see what, what the influence in his life was at that time. Silver Bullet. But after this happened, after this miracle, he changed it to Mountain Movers Excavation. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. Do I need to see, you, just use this? All right. All right. Isn't that wonderful? So you speak. Speak. Through the mountain, speak to the sickness, speak to the disease. This is a what Jesus has taught us today. Don't doubt. Look at this. Listen to this. It says, and do not doubt. Do not doubt. Speak to the mountain and do not. That is, don't let the mountain move you. You keep your faith on that mountain until you see it go away. Amen. Mark chapter eleven. Now verse twenty-four. Here we see another way. Number four, through prayer. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray. Does this include sickness? I mean, does this include healing? You desire healing? It says whatever things, right? So healing can fall in that category. Health and wholeness can fall in that category. Whatever things. See, Jesus is the one that took, all, took the lid off. We're the ones that are always trying to limit it. You know? We're the ones that, I mean, every time he taught us, it was just like the lid's off, the sky's the limit, go for it. Amen? Here he says whatever things you desire when you pray. Well, Lord, I want what you want. Well, what do you want? Whatever things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive. Not just any kind of prayer, the believing and receiving, believing that you receive kind of prayer. Believe that when you come to God, you can actually have the audacity. Some might call it arrogance. Some might call it hyperfaith. I don't care what they call it. You, just, you have the audacity to believe that when you pray, that you get what you prayed for. This is Jesus' type of praying here. This is what our, our, our Lord and Savior taught us about our Heavenly Father today. Amen. That you can come to God and not waste your time trying and hoping and wishing and seven come eleven, hope the lottery wheel spins right in my favor. No. Believe you receive it and you shall have it. When you pray. When you pray. And this prayer is, when you pray believing and receiving, this prayer sounds a whole lot like this. Thank you, 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 thank you. It's a prayer full of thanksgiving. Jesus is faced with an impossible situation. I realize he's the son of God. I realize you might say, well, yeah, he had the advantage. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, he was in all faith at this point. But also, the Bible teaches us that as he is, so are we in this world. Man, I thought I had an excuse there for a moment. Now that scripture, uh, he's facing an impossible situation, standing in front of a tomb of a dead man, a man that had been dead for four days. He stands there, and he looks up to heaven, and he says, roll the dice, Father. No, he didn't do that. No, he says, 
this simple prayer. Listen to me. Not moved at all by the improbability or the impossibility of this. Just looks up to heaven and says, Father, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. Lazarus, come forth. Isn't that amazing? When you're faced with that mountain, you're faced with that sickness, you're faced with that disease, just stand there and say, Father, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. And I believe I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Boy, I felt like somebody just grabbed a hold of that and said, that's mine. Number five avenue. The fifth avenue God has provided for us. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to, we're next, or, or two weeks from today, the first Sunday in February at our new location, we'll be doing this very thing. And it is the avenue of communion. Communion. Another way for you to receive your healing. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. For he who eat, eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment or damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So that it's important that you have knowledge here, that you have understanding, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many have died. Wow. Because they received communion in an unworthy manner. That, that is not, not having the understanding of the body of Christ. Not understanding what this sacrifice means for you and I. That the blood that was shed took away all of your sins. Are you hearing me today? And communion doesn't just have to be received in church. You can do it at home. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to do it at home. Take your wife, take your kids, sit around the dinner table. Y'all have communion together. And teach your children these things. Teach your children what the blood did for you, that it bought you, that it purchased you, that it, that, and what it purchased for you, your redemption, and brought you so far away to near to God. From so far away to near to God. Are you hearing me? So far away from sin. So far away from legalism. So far away from the commandments that were staring at us against us. Praise God. But Jesus, he nailed them all to the cross. The handwriting of requirements, the Bible says, that was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross. Amen. You teach them that, 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 the, blood of, that the blood reaches. Why don't we just sing that song? For it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. And the body which was broken for you, his body was broken for you so that your body never has to be broken. Amen? And this is how we receive communion in, in, in a worthy manner. That is that we just receive it by faith. That what Jesus did for us was enough. Was enough. Amen? Communion. Number six. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn over there. Just the next chapter over. And look at verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. This is, this is the sixth avenue that we're going to talk about that God has provided for us. That is through the gifts of healings. I love this. I love the way it's phrased. Gifts of healings. Amen. Let the Spirit of God will manifest on, on a man or a woman by, uh, who's, who's maybe teaching the Word. We see this many times. As a matter of fact, y'all remember Wednesday night when, when, when Miss Roxanne, Pastor Roxanne was with us downtown, and she just began to flow, and she began to talk about, in some specific words, about healing. The, the, it just, the, 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 it manifest, the Spirit of God manifested on her, and, and the gift was given to those who were in need of it. 
And that's how it works. We see that in you know, uh, uh, the ministry of Benny Hinn. It's strong. right? Well, he has the gift of healing. No, he doesn't have the gift of healing. The Spirit of God has the gift of healing. <laughs> Amen? He just manifests on him, and, and it flows through him. And the gift is for the one who needs to be healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, look at number seven here. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Well, isn't this wonderful looking out through the Scriptures and seeing all these ways that God has provided for you to be healed? I'm pretty sure that He wants it done if He's got ten ways. I mean, at least ten ways. And, in, and under the umbrella of some of these ways are lots of ways. All right, so these are just ten, ten basic ways. Number seven way is to call for the elders of the church. Call for the elders of the church. James chapter 5, verse 14 says, Is there any among you sick? Is there any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of what? So what does this elder need to be full of when he shows up at your house? Huh? And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Wow. This elder needs to be, now there are some elders out there, ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't let them pray for my dog. I'm serious. This is talking about your life group leaders here today. Amen? Those that, that, that are full of faith, who know the Word, teaching you the Word, that know how to believe God for your healing. Are you hearing me? And, and, and anointing you with oil. Oh, people get so wrapped up in the oil, you know. Well, is it, this is oil from the Holy Land. This is really anointed. Oh, give me a break. Amen. Amen. Like Pastor John just said, give me some motor oil. Whatever it takes, dab them on the head, whatever it takes. That oil is just a point of contact. That's just a symbol. That's a picture of the anointing. But it's not in that oil. It's in the faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Not the oil will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Come on, give me a better amen than that today. Amen. <laughs> Crisco, whatever it takes, just get the stuff out and slap it on your head and go for it. Amen. Number eight, this is good. Look at Isaiah chapter 58, and we'll see the God kind of fasting. Got one amen when I said fasting. That's usually how it is. <laughs> I'll do the other nine. I don't know about that other one. Though. Fasting. Oh. Thank God there's nine others. <laughs> Isaiah 58. Is this not the fast that I have chosen, verse 6, to loose the bonds of the wicked, of, of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Boy, this is wonderful. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Here's the promise. Then, everybody say then. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Well, I like the sound of that. I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, I'd like to get healed speedily. I'd like that healing to come on over. Hang out with me quickly. Amen? And fasting is not just about skipping meals. It's more than just skipping meals. It's, it's about taking that time that you would have taken to eat or to read the newspaper or to watch TV and spend that time, appoint that time to pray. 
point that time to seek God, to, to read the Word. Are you hearing? I mean, you know, you know, somebody say, oh, I'm, I'm fasting three times this week, three lunches this week uh, for my cousin to be saved. Well, what are you doing that night time? Well, I'm just going to lunch with my friends, sitting there with a pat on my face because I can't eat nothing. That's not fasting. Hmm? Like God's up in heaven going, three skip lunches equals one saved cousin. <laughs> no. No. Because if skipping meals was the key to bring the power of God, then those poor people over in Sudan, well, they'd live in constant revival. No, it's what you do with the Word. What you do with the Lord during that time. Amen? Don't get so quiet on me. Have fun here. Acts chapter 19. We'll see the number nine way. Acts chapter 19. Is this helping you today? Verse 11, Acts 19, 11. Now God worked unusual miracles. The ninth way is, everybody say, unusual miracles. Now see what I'm saying? There's lots of miracles under here. Lots of avenues under unusual miracles. This is just an umbrella statement, really. I mean, it's, it's lots. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Wow. Unusual miracles. This, this is the type of miracle that leaves, leaves you scratching your head. You know? Makes no sense. This makes no sense at all. Anybody ever seen an unusual miracle? Huh? Raise your hand. I want to see if you've seen an unusual miracle. You know the natural, in your natural mind, you're like, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. A few years ago, y'all know who, who uh, Robert Tilton is? I used to work for Pastor Robert Tilton in Dallas when I was attending Christ for the Nations. And uh, for about, I guess, about a year and a half, I worked in his prayer center. There are a lot of opinions about Robert Tilton. I don't really care what yours is. I've got the mic today. And uh, I, I worked for him. And uh, I know what kind of fruit was coming out of that ministry. And let me tell you something, it was very good. Many were saved. Many were healed. And they're continuing to be that way. I know he can be weirder than a sack full of snakes. But you know what? Listen, if God only used the, if God only used the normal people... That wouldn't be any fun, would it? Huh? <laughs> it just wouldn't be any fun. Amen. So I was blessed by that ministry, blessed by working under his influence and under his, under his anointing. I, I prayed for lots of people and saw them delivered and set free, saved. That was just an awesome time in my life. That's, that's really where I learned how to memorize large portions of Scripture under that ministry because as a phone counselor, um, they, they gave me a folder. Uh, and in, in that folder was you know, all kinds of situations like healing or, or depression or suicide or whatever it might be. And under that label, they would give a, you know, a list of scriptures. So after a year and a half of being there, I man, I got the thing memorized. I mean, what is it? Uh, what do you got? Uh, suicide? Okay, here's what the Bible says, what the Bible says, what the Bible says. I mean, I love people that have an answer because, you know, the truth is, it's at a moment like that when somebody is dire and they're desperate, not time for me to start giving them my opinion. I need to give them something that works, and the Word of God is what works. Amen? It's living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's got all they need. Amen? And I'm grateful for that. But, but a few years ago, he was, he was preaching, and, and, and if you know anything about Robert Tilton's ministry, a lot of times he would, he would put his hand up and he'd say, touch the TV screen. All right? And this happened to be one of those, one of those moments where a woman, 
a woman who um, was sitting in a wheelchair, and she had been bound there for some time. She had, she had just, it was a cripple. I don't know exactly what the disease was, but she used to walk and be fine, and then this thing began to take over her. And her family was having to come by four or five times a day to, to meet her needs, you know, feed her and do all kinds of things like that, just really tend to her. All she could basically do was sit in front of a TV with a remote control. And, 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 and by unction of the Spirit and, the, and the, the manifestation of the Spirit began to work through Pastor Tilton. And he, he said, you're sitting in the living room, living room right now in the wheelchair, and if you, if you can make your way to the TV screen and touch it, God's going to heal you. Does that make sense to you? No. Is that unusual? Yeah. And she threw herself out of that wheelchair and began to crawl across that carpet with all the strength that she could muster. And as the show's going off the air, she slapped her hand upon the TV screen. Her husband walks in the door a little bit later, and there she is standing there, perfectly whole, looking at him. Makes no sense. That makes no sense. But God don't need sense. He just needs faith. He don't need sense. He needs faith. Praise God. I'm just glad it doesn't say the just shall live by sense. He needs faith. He does need faith. He does. We're going to look at that in just a moment. And the tenth way. Everybody say, give me a drum roll. Thank you. You're very kind. And weird. <laughs> Number ten. Everybody say the prayer of agreement. It's the 10th way that God has provided for us, the prayer of agreement. Matthew chapter 18, let's look at that. Somebody shout. Verse 19, again, this is Jesus talking. I say to you, I love this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning what? Anything. Here it is, the lid's off. Anything. Anything that they ask on earth, or agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I must say, this is Jesus talking, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just, let these words just rush over you and remove all that junk that you've believed before against this. Let, let, it, just, let it just wash out all the yow butts. Huh? Let's just take him at his word here today. If any, again to say, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, where? In my name. Together, in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Get someone to agree with you. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had times where I've had to ha grab my wife and say, Honey, I need you to pray. I haven't had the faith. I haven't had the faith. I'm sick. I'm weak. Come on, talk to me this morning. And they never underestimate the power of a praying partner. But make sure that they're going to agree with you. And you might ask them, now when you lay hands on me or you pray for me, you agree with me, you, are you agreeing with me that I'm going to get over this and I'm healed? Well, well, <laughs> well. Because if not, I don't want you praying with me. I need somebody that's going to agree. Somebody that's stupid enough to believe the word like me. <laughs> Crazy enough. So, I mean, natural mind would call it stupid. Yeah, yeah. And you do have to get out of your mind sometimes to do this. I'm glad to get out of my mind to believe this stuff. My mind's very limiting. But the Bible says, I have the mind of Christ, which is not limited at all. He believes His Word. He believes that when He says a thing, it's going to happen. And if you'll agree with it, and if you'll say it, if you'll act in faith, 
You'll see it too. Get somebody to agree with you. So we've seen here these ten ways to receive our healing, ten avenues that God has provided. And then I'm going to finish this with this one thought. But uh, let's just let me just let me just go over them right quick, if, just in case you missed them. Number one, medicine God's provided. Number two, the laying on of hands. Number three, speak to the mountain. Number four, pray. That is believing and receiving prayer. Amen. Number five, communion. Number six, gifts of healings. Number seven, call for the elders of the church, the faith-filled elders. Number eight, fasting. Number nine, unusual miracles. And number ten, the prayer of agreement. Why don't we just thank God for just a moment for all of these provisions, all these avenues. Come on, just right there. Just give Him thanks. Give Him praise. God, thank You. Thank You that You've made this made these ways for us, God. Thank you that you've provided us, that you've shown us through this. Just through looking over this this morning, God, it is your will. It is your will, and you've made so many ways for us to receive our healing. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Whatever you're facing now, right now, right here, right now, whatever sickness, it doesn't matter what, what measure it is, whether it's a stubbed toe, whether it's a cold, whether it's you know colon cancer, it doesn't matter. He healed every manner of sickness, every manner. Just receive it by faith right now. Just receive it by faith. Right now, believe that you receive it right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you just quickly about, just going to give you five quick things, then we're done. I promise you I'll be quick. Five reasons. This, this will help you, but I think it's also help you help others. Why people fail to receive their healing. Five reasons why people fail to receive their healing. All right? Number one, they have no faith. Number one is they have no faith. And, and, and most of the time they have no faith because they have no understanding. They haven't been taught. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I mean, there's many times I've made a hospital visit and I can walk in and just in a few seconds realize, uh, understand that person has faith or doesn't have faith for the healing. Pastor John, you, you understand this too because they say things like, like, well, I hope so. Boy, I don't know. I hope so. It'd be nice. Hmm? And bless their heart. They're, you know, they're trying, but more than likely they haven't heard the Word. Look, they haven't been taught the Word. So I take that time, sit down with them, and I just begin to show them Scripture. Show them the overwhelming evidence that we see in the Bible that God wants them. God wants them. And it's amazing. Faith comes. When the Word comes, faith comes. And it's easy then. They have no faith. Number two, they're double-minded. They're double-minded. James says, let him ask in faith, 1 verses 6 and 7, let him ask in faith, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed to and fro, and, and, and he's a double-minded man. He's unstable in all of his ways, and let not that man expect to receive anything from God. Because God don't cope with that. God doesn't like doubt and belief. He didn't talk that language. It's belief only. Like Jesus told the man, only believe. Only believe. You know, and the double-minded man will say, I praise God, I believe that I received my healing, healing, and 10 minutes later, go, it's not working. Unstable. Don't expect to receive anything from God like that. Come on. I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing darts here at anybody. I'm talking about people in other churches. Everybody else out there, none of y'all. Praise God. You guys got it. <laughs> Paul says in Romans chapter 8, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. The literal text, I want you to hear this. I have allowed myself to be convinced. I have allowed myself to be convinced. Ladies and gentlemen, you just got to let yourself, allow yourself just to be convinced of the Word and nothing else. Convince. 
that God is it, that the Word is it. And you're not going to stop at anything short of that reality in your life. Number three, the lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. One, we saw that they had no faith. Number two, was that they're double-minded. Number three, they have, no, they have no knowledge. The lack of knowledge is destroyed for lack of knowledge. Thank God ignorance is curable. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Number four. Number four, Mark chapter 6, verse 5. And we saw this a little bit last week. We looked into it. Number four is they live in a community of unbelief. They live in a community of unbelief. Mark chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus showed up at his hometown and they began to be offended at him. They said, this is not the carpenter's son. The Bible says he could do no mighty works. He could do. The Son of God could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Except he healed a few little sick people. Listen, if you're, if you're looking for healing, you might just need to put a few people out of your life for a while and, let the, and get the naysayers, get the doubters, and get the unbelievers out of your ear. Are you hearing me? Don't let them talk you out of what God has for you. I don't care if it's your grandma, grandma. Hey, listen, your grandma, nothing, Jesus. Huh? Amen. And Jesus had to do that. He had to put people out. Nine of the 12 of his disciples didn't get to go in. I wonder what they were thinking. They were like, oh, gosh, he's going to try to raise his girl from the dead. Didn't he hear what they said? It's too late. Don't bother Jesus. And he said, you ain't going, you ain't going, you ain't going, you ain't going, you ain't going. I don't want no doubt. I can't have any doubt in here. Peter, James, and John, and Jairus, or however you say his name, Jairus, and his, and his wife. Jairus and his wife. They were the only guys that got to go in. Kicked out grandma. Weeping grandma. How can you do that? Who do you think you are? All the Tias. The ants. Anyway. Kicked them all out. Who does he think he is? Get all the doubt. Are you hearing me? Get them away from you. Get out of that community of unbelief. And number five. Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, Your religious traditions have made the word of God of none effect. What can be more powerful than the word of the living God? Is there anything more powerful than the word of God? Yes, your tradition. Your tradition make the word of God of none effect. God, help us. Help us to always exalt your word above our experience. Help us to exalt your word above our doctrine, above our creed, above how we think things ought to be. Help us to just fall on the truth of the word of God and accept that for our life. Whoever that joins us to and whoever that separates us from, I don't really care. Don't really care. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to stop arguing. When I see it in the Word of God, the argument stops. And the healing comes. Amen? Have you, has this blessed you? Why don't we bow our heads for just a moment?